0: So, this is Season 2 of the Breathing Problem Productions Podcast, Episode 1. Hey, I'm Rusty Kelly.
1: And I'm Amelia McKay.
0: And it has been, let me see how long it's been since the last time we recorded an episode. I, I don't even remember, I have to look. Um, let's see. Okay, click here. So the last episode was the interview with Zach in March. So that's a long time ago. We started this December 20th, 2020. So it's almost been a year, which is pretty interesting. Um,
1: Yeah, it is the season, I suppose.
0: The first episode was all about us talking about how we met and kind of like an overview of everything um and we talked about some films we loved we interviewed some friends and then we kind of got lazy and busy busy and life happened and put out records all kinds of stuff but now things are you know just seem like the right time to do it again and people seem to like it and i don't know i had fun doing it did you yeah we want to talk about like aside from records we've done we want to talk about films and movies um and just a ton of different stuff and interview friends again um but today's episode we wanted to talk about uh, <clears throat> amelia and i one of our side projects sectioned um we might have mentioned it or if you are someone who i assume you listen to breathing problem productions pro- projects you know sectioned is one of a and projects and it uh it's kind of like not you know i don't know if there's a a hierarchy of what's more popular um like interior one breathing problem duking it out to to be more popular or something but sections definitely newer and um uh you know the first tape was released by uh jim on fusty Cunt. thank you to jim um and it was basically i guess we should to talk about like the concept each one of our side projects has a little bit of a concept and i almost would call this one like a subgenre of concave convex if concave convex is a broad project about the human body and a relationship to it section is more f- specifically about illness and the and health and our Relationship with illness and health in terms of the modern technological age. I don't know if that's a good description. Yeah. What would you say?
1: I would say that it has to do with um, like how people process and express identity through illness. Mm-hmm. And that just... Like, the internet is just, like, the perfect platform and medium for for people displaying that identity, that, il- like, that sick identity. And, and I
0: think also, you know, I think some people might think that it's specifically about people that are illness fakers, even though, actually, I don't know if we've completely done a release about illness fakers. The first release was called Nasogastric Feeding Tube, and it was about generally people with um anorexia or bulimia or eating disorders who treated having a nasogastric feeding tube which is specifically a feeding tube that goes from your nose down into your stomach Mm -hmm. um, which means it's not um a permanent or semi-permanent thing it can easily be taken out generally the feeding tubes are given to a person with an eating disorder because they're refusing food and it's an easy way to just give them a liquid food and girls usually girls mostly girls online mm-hmm. were treating the tube like a kind of
1: accessory
0: an accessory and and proving that they were serious that this they were at another level i would call it like you know you're mm-hmm. it's like being a i don't know in the army and you have badge. your medals of yeah. honor. um <laughs> um and although there's that kind of tube, uh, so specifically, I guess that album was, you know, the reason the project's called Sectioned is in the UK, uh, the term sectioned means that you've been sent to the the health or mental ward against your will, essentially. Or essentially, you know, I could be getting this wrong, but essentially... You know, a doctor saying to you, you are so ill, we have to send you here or put, keep you in the hospital against your will. And that in, in some uh, kind of uh, w- groups in terms of eating disorders is another kind of badge of like, oh, I was sectioned, etc. Um Then we did um, our second release, um, a sectioned... Um, called intimacy after colon and rectum removal Mm -hmm. um and that release was released on breathing Chrome productions and uh that one was specifically about the kind of a specific group online that is uh i guess specifically obsessed with the different levels of kind of how dedicated you are to, well, I guess, I guess it's beyond that, but mm-hmm. generally it's people, or I guess you want to talk about it?
1: Uh, it's kind of complicated. You have to go into, like, the, uh, like, where we are sourcing and, and seeing all this stuff. Which is
0: on Instagram and on the internet.
1: Yeah. And so, if you go down the rabbit hole of Instagram, you find, like, somebody's Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they have, um, basically, their their Instagram is partially dedicated to, um, you know, uh, documenting their journey mm-hmm. with having a colonoscopy bag, um, and other other kind of um, medical accessories.
0: And generally, these people, and we're not even saying in this case, these were people that were um faking well they, yeah so, uh, it's kind of, it's complicated because okay to, to do a, a basic thing these are people that generally say they either have Crohn's disease which is uh-huh. um i guess if we read i think most people have probably heard that word but a broad uh definition of um Crohn's disease is i'm going to wikipedia uh type of inflammatory bowel disease that may affect any segment of the GI tract from the mouth to anus. Symptoms include abdominal pain, diarrhea, fever, abdominal distension, and weight loss. And then also um, kind of...
1: Well, there's like um, a very kind of like um, self-diagnosis of um, gastroparesis, which is really like a, like a, um, a symptom of something like Crohn's disease. Well, so
0: what we're really saying is there's people that claim that they have Crohn's or ulcer of colitis, which are kind of broad and interchangeable, aka people that are saying that they have issues with their stomach. And then a lot of times you see people saying they have gastroparesis, meaning that they couldn't go to the bathroom, that they couldn't like keep things, anything down. Yeah,
1: they can't keep anything down. They vomit after they eat They're, or... They, their food after they eat takes too Too long to digest right
0: and again these are very broad symptoms and and a lot of times the people online were self-diagnosing this because gastroparesis is really a symptom it's saying my stomach isn't working properly um so what we had seen is generally um people online some of them claiming they had Crohn's ulcerative colitis and then finally gastroparesis and saying nothing is working My I have bloody stool I have horrible stomach problems and then they were getting essentially sometimes they would get feeding tubes um and then they would start to finally get invasive surgeries mm-hmm. and those surgeries would be people cutting out
1: the, well yeah m- most well, of the time I think it starts with uh a removal of part or the entire colon mm-hmm. and then uh, what's what's weird about it is that like a, a you know that type of surgery can actually you can kind of like exist with that and and not go further but there's like um surgeries that you get after that where you remove the entire um what you large as- intestine
0: right so it's like you can remove the colon and still have bowel movements and it's not too bad but then when you remove uh
1: the lower intestine
0: right that's see we're, we're probably saying some stuff wrong the the full rectum
1: oh that wait you're going you're kind of jumping the gun okay because <laughs>
0: So, so there's, first,
1: this is what I remember. It's been a while. So since there's we a colon. There's research. a
0: colonectomy, right? Um,
1: which is either the, isn't it part or the entire colon is removed.
0: Right. Um. The purpose of a colonectomy is to remove the disease portions of the large intestine. But before that, they were removing the the. There's a less invasive version of it. So basically, yeah. because I'm sure, I doubt there's people that are you know maybe there's nurses in here or doctors i don't know listening I, i'm not i don't have a huge ego about this but you know as many different people listen whatever noise but um a lot of what we were seeing was different levels of people discussing these very invasive very painful surgeries and then the final thing aside from even getting the colonectomy was um uh, getting and they were then getting colostomy bags where you have to go to the bathroom out of your bag and it and i think in some cases you could even have that like you could essentially have a stoma which is like the hole the connector and that could be eventually put back into your body and you could hypothetically hypothetically it's like hey let's let's cut this open and move the exit to your shit outside your body you
1: bypass right the uh lower intestine Mm -hmm. so Everything that go- moves through exits before it ever passes through the large intestine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, technically, after those surgeries, you still have those organs. They still will function if that surgery is um, reversed. Right. But what's weird is that these people would kind of just like... They they wanted to continue these steps like it was almost like
0: Not, like saying nothing's working we've got to keep going more extreme and forward yeah. until finally they would do what was called a uh, they would remove the rectum and you would have what's called a Barbie butt surgery
1: which is completely um, what's the word uh, uh, optional basically right, right and I think women. This is this is where it gets interesting for me is that women who have um, their these these surgeries
0: which is called a a proctectomy. Yeah. Proctectomy. Yeah,
1: proctectomy. They'd have their proctectomy and it, they would feel a better for for some time. Um the the one complaint that's really um, that kind of stands out uh, among like all these groups of women, young women, mm-hmm. is that they would have excruciating pain during their periods, and they would like complain of the pain so much, and then they would go to the doctor, and the doctor would prescribe them like morphine and stuff, and then. They would take the morphine, it would make them feel better. But then after a while, they would be like, "Uh, this isn't like strong enough. Um, I don't know what to do because like the pain is just so bad. And then ultimately their doctors were like, oh, well, if you remove your rectum, this pain will go away. And so
0: I think an important thing is what we're really discussing is, um, you know, whether some of these people are began as illness fakers or not is kind of like beside the point because what ends up happening is you get into kind of subculture of, you know, the best, most charitable read of it is that it's a, a support system. But then, when you start seeing people pushing each other and supporting each other and giving advice—yeah, literally giving advice on how to tell your doctor that your symptoms are getting worse so you can get these invasive surgeries—not, right. oh, oh, there we go. Sorry, we're having technical. <laughs> um, not some kind of question of, hey. You know, girl, is are your symptoms worse? So it'd be like, how do you get your doctor to like agree to this surgery through comments? But mm-hmm. so they would call this proctomy a Barbie butt surgery because the idea was your anus is being sewn up, so it's like Barbie's butt where there's just two butt cheeks basically, <laughs> and there's an obsession with again, uh, this is the this is the final level, right? First you got yeah. you know, this happening. Then you got this surgery and you got kind of like a, a bag and then you got your bag put in forever. And then you got this removed and this removed. And finally you're essentially, you've got nothing. And there's a kind of, it reminds me a little bit of eating disorder culture where there's an obsession with all that whole area of your body is just done. And, and then there's a lot of overlap with drug and opiate seeking behavior. And in our, uh, in, the booklet to the release, there's lots of uh, different, you know, Instagram, social media um, posts that we found where it's not just, oh, I'm feeling, you know, I have to take my opiates or I have to take morphine. It's complete obsession and um, fetishization of opiates and morphine and getting high because that's the thing. Some people would say, like, oh, would you really cut your body apart so you could take huge, you know, you could be prescribed morphine? And yes, that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. These people are put in the hospital. And if they complain, that's one thing that we realized is like, there are people that have serious ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, and they deal with it every day. And then I think there are people that may have eating disorders or bulimia, and they go to their doctors and they claim that they're having these symptoms. And so the doctors in good faith are trying to help cure them. And, you know, also we're seeing a lot of these people specifically in places like Europe where there's socialized medicine to where you can go to a doctor and beg and beg and beg and beg. And it's not as much. Anyway, it's a whole thing, but many of these posts are, you know, com- scary. I don't know if, you know, you know, just ones where it's like, uh, you know, here's, here's the kind of the that I got and I'm in like a beautiful dream, you know, haze of opiates. And also, um, <clears throat> huge amounts of the culture for the illness is a little different than, say, the feeding tube stuff where it's it's pretty explicit that these girls are in a culture of pro-Anna eating disorder stuff. And, and of course, I'm sure p- people may know that sometimes there's a, a kind of crossover between support systems of mm-hmm. eating disorders and then pro-Anna. It's not just a separate thing of like... Oh, here's the pro Anna side of eating disorder culture and here's the support system side. There's little tiny crossovers where mm-hmm. you don't even fully realize anyway. Yeah. Um
1: well in this case, their recovery is also their disorder. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that is it is a total crossover right. when it comes to the a community of people. Like these people all really believe that they want to, they want to recover from whatever this illness is, mm-hmm. and in that way, like it, it, really is like a hugely, um, like about whatever their mental uh, health is and a like, reflection yeah, of it. Yeah, and I don't know. It's- and
0: and then you've got essentially there's a kind of, of course, um, the way that social media is organized in this, this kind of branding capitalistic structure to where everyone is a big ad advertising their illness in a way that isn't just, I need to talk about this. I refuse to, you know, I'm an addict. I'm a drug addict. And I think people should, you know, have support each other and not, you know, hide these things behind closed doors, specifically illnesses. Of course, no one should have to do that. But I think what's interesting is you go to a different side of it where the kind of the the group or the culture is using as a way out like they're they're pretending like this is a truthful open community who's refusing to be shameful and then when you when you actually look closer you're seeing advice on how to lie to doctors um fetishization of opiate use um and fetishization of medical procedures that do not need to be done
1: medical devices and medical devices
0: and so this project you know has many different parts like in our mind we were like oh we only did these two releases because it's almost like we're so many steps ahead of where we want to go um i think um I, i don't know if the next step should be us talking about more stuff that we have been interested in in looking at or if we should do kind of like a track by track thing like where we
1: i'd like to go into more detail of what we're talking about already okay and then we could move move on on, yeah
0: (laughs) okay well do we want to go back to the nasogastric stuff i mean a lot of it's
1: yeah um yeah, okay. let's start from the beginning. Okay,
0: yeah, and we'll do like we usually do. You guys will be hearing as is we'll intercut little clips of tracks that we're going to be talking about. So we'll start with the first track on Nasogastric Feeding tube, which was released on uh, Fusty Cunt, and track one is called Hospital Visit in Parentheses Section. Oh Don't So I just wanted to say with this track and, and and this album in a really specific way uh it's very at least whenever we were making it I would say influenced by a Morgue. um albums like Black Slaughter really what I'm trying to say is like something super minimal which is a synth line with reverb and a sample where you don't necessarily hear every word. Really with this track, it's like super muddled, but I with delay and reverb on, on the sample. And the sample essentially is a sample I found of a girl on YouTube talking about how she'd been sectioned and put in the hospital and how many times it had happened and what the visit was like and how she had to be put on a tube. And, uh, in this case, this talk was more of a, like, looking back on it, uh, in a way of her saying that she was recovered. Um, I think this is, like, super early and trying to figure out what the project was going to be. I think, you know, when people think of our projects, and I assume some of them, whether they like the projects or not, probably acknowledge that we use a lot of samples, you know? Um... And I think that, you know, this is, like, a really basic intro track and a track that asks the listener, you know, in terms of, like, industrial or pow- power electronic terms to just fucking sit back and, and just, like, here it is. This is, like, a meditative, dark industrial track um, where maybe you're not going to get all the information. You're not going to hear exactly what's being said. But you kind of, through osmosis, have to, like, vibe it out. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So this is track two. Nasogastric feeding tube.
1: the title of that track
0: that one's just called nasogastric feeding tube and
1: okay. D-
0: those are your your <laughs> those are my little evil vocals
1: yeah <laughs> uh, can you talk about the lyrics maybe
0: yeah i mean they're improvised lyrics where i'm asking questions like did you have banana today does it hurt when they take the tube out um how did it feel when you got it what does it mean to you and it's like kind of questions that you know, these theoretical people might ask each other in this specific community. Mm-hmm. Um, in this community, um, uh, um, I think what's interesting is like a lot of times with lyrics, I'll do a lot of improvisation and you always make sure to write. I mean, I write stuff down. There's lyrics written down in plenty of our releases, but generally I'll, I'll like improv a bunch of stuff and then have to type it out. It's just kind of interesting. Um, but with that, it was just kind of specific mundane questions about the culture behind it. Um, I think, yeah, you know, again, similar to what this tape is all about I just I think we wanted to do a super minimalistic tape that was what what was everything that we loved about industrial and what it could be and dealing with a kind of I guess concept that is bigger than than uh, that 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 it, that's big and and something that I feel like you know, isn't always talked about. Although I will say, um, you know, one of the things I love so much about, say, like, late era White House is uh, they, whether it's like Birdseed or Cruise, um, there's people talking about pro Anna stuff, talking about William Bennett, talking about uh, specifically pro Anna stuff. On the internet and self-harm and how people interact with each other specifically young girls or women through social media um, so of course this isn't any kind of new thing but I think that it's interesting how it's grown so let me go to track three which is called life update
1: okay so this is me the real me um, yeah, if you don't know me, um, in the past two years I've been struggling with anorexia. Um, I'm currently in hospital for it now, and I've been in here for 11 weeks. Um, as you can see, I have a nasogastric tube, and I've had it for almost six weeks. Um, yeah. Um. This.
0: Okay, so that's that's basically probably aside from the next track, which is your track, my other fa- my favorite track on the tape called. Uh, it's basically like the middle of the whole thing. It's sandwiched between two tracks, uh, and then two tracks. <clears throat> um, the track begins with a long. Uh, sample from a YouTube video of a girl in a hospital in Australia speaking about her eating disorder and having to get a feeding tube. Um, I love the sample also because there's like a cartoon or TV show playing in the background and then there's just some kid who I I assume because it's like a children's or a pediatric ward uh, just talking and babbling. And so there's these kind of layers upon layers where there's this own little sound collage going on. And one of my favorite parts is, of course, the girl saying this is the real me. So I think what's interesting about this uh, little piece is, again, when we talk about branding, it's almost like she's heard so many videos and testimonials of girls saying that they have an eating disorder and how this is the real them and they're telling the truth. And it feels It doesn't, this isn't some kind of thing where it's like, it feels fake. No, she's telling, she's telling the truth. She has an eating disorder, but it feels like this concept of being true to yourself is just another avenue of kind of placing yourself in a specific lineup um, or uh, maneuver, I guess would be a better word, maneuvering yourself and how you want The world through social media to see you and your Mm -hmm. illness yeah um the way that she speaks about why she you know i think when when people talk about why eating disorders exist or what what disorder eating is that's like such a huge complicated thing anyway um the answer she gives is pretty like i guess textbook i wanted to be perfect Mm -hmm. and to me is more of a reflection of I guess how she has seen so many different testimonials, you know. Yeah. Do you, do you have any thoughts about that sample? Do you like it?
1: I like. I. I. I love that sample. <laughs> it's. Um. I don't know. It's. Uh,
0: I guess it's kind of.
1: It's like a window into somebody's own, a uh, morphed perspective mm-hmm. on themselves through
0: how they're trying to reach out to other people yeah because none of this isn't like her diary this is youtube and youtube isn't just oh here's a a video for friends it's it's, you know what i mean like in a way the kind of era of MySpace of like this is for my friends this is for like everyone this is for whoever can find it um and then the middle of the track is flanger with synthesizer pe and then it ends with um A girl talking about how the physical aspect of getting the tube which Mm -hmm. i thought was important yeah um I, i think you know to me uh i i love being with you being able to go on youtube or search online and just find a sea of of different samples and testimonials and wait, I mean, it's just insane to think about, like, if you think about the 80s or something or even the 90s of people trying to find this kind of material um, for their own projects, I can only imagine how, like, difficult and hard it was. If you think about, like, Peter Soto's Buyer's Market or mm-hmm. the Soto's tracks on White, on, like, Birdseed and stuff, um, I it, it must have been insane trying to, like, find the right amount of stuff, whether you're, like, having to, like you know, write to PBS to send a tape to you or, like, literally be taping TV constantly. Um, it's crazy how, you know. Yeah. And it, that th- that goes back, though, to, like, the Interior One um, uh, Joseph Duncan album. We had to, like, get tapes, graciously sent by Peter Sotis, that were all taped off of the news during the Joseph Duncan Shasta thing and because really what was on YouTube was kind of like it, the the Shasta Joseph Duncan um, news report stuff that happened when she was found was it like a little bit too soon to be put on YouTube if that makes sense like anyway it's just interesting how we had to like draw from the well because it was essentially news newsworthy new stuff but it was from the era of like people who needed to tape tv you know what i mean Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: i mean did we wait did we talk about which is a side note we haven't fully talked about revenge against society i don't think we need to do that someday
1: (laughs) yeah we 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 have to so yeah we Uh, will
0: okay so the next track is uh today i refuse
1: Tube. Getting an NG tube doesn't prove that you have an eating
2: disorder. If you have an eating disorder, you have
1: an eating disorder. You don't have to have an NG tube to prove that. Anyway, I'm gonna go now. Take this wire out. It doesn't make you beautiful to have an NG tube. Getting an NG tube doesn't prove. That you
0: because you're the one who kind of leads. Obviously, there's the sample of, you know, it's a great sample that we found because it's someone who is actually talking about the fact that, you know, she's directly saying, you don't have to have an NG tube to have an eating disorder, right? Because this isn't even just something that's like vaguely being talked about. Well, like, So for today, I refuse. I really love the opening sample of a girl who had or has an eating disorder. Kind of directly, specifically say, you don't need an ND tube to have an eating disorder, which I think is great because it's not. I mean, I think she also says, like, you don't need an eating disorder or an NG tube to be beautiful, but she's not even really speaking to. You know, she's not speaking to the world of people who don't understand eating disorders. You know, she's not saying like, don't have an eating disorder. Are you crazy? You know, she's speaking to the specific girls in this community that view the tube as something very important and special, you know, that means they're not, you know, a little dilettante that they really do have an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes the speech even more, I guess, strange. Because it's not like some kind of like, oh my god, you need to stop this horrific disorder. It's like, come on guys, you know. It's just a sad, it's almost like a resigned sad thing, you know. But then it goes into your part. Um, Do you want to talk about what your lyrics are or what they mean?
1: Yeah. So, I'll just, I guess, read it. Um. The lyrics are I have news for you Today I refuse Tomorrow I refuse And the next you'll be sorry That you didn't make the most I struggle to give you the least Who are you to make me? Well I have news for you Today I refuse Tomorrow I refuse And the next you'll be sorry You'll be sorry that you didn't make the most So um, These lyrics were actually like inspired by louis thoreau's documentary about anorexia Mm. when he he films in a recovery ward in the uk yeah and there's one uh particular girl who he's interviewing who he's like he just he's suggesting something so simple for her like he's like why don't you just sit down for this interview right and she just can't do it like she just like refuses to do it she just stands she won't do this
0: basic thing that's just like hey come sit down and talk to me like you agreed to be in this documentary yeah and like she's completely just like i'm not participating in this the way you want me at least
1: yeah and there's that kind of like attitude a lot that defines it's defiance yeah defiance like of in in as a character, a main a major like characteristic of like an eating disorder is just kind of like this really passive aggressive way of like, you know like at the beginning of that that um that sample, she's like basically saying like this is all just like this waste of time. Like and I guess like it's better for me to be in this like pain than my family going through the pain of like me dying and it's like right it's like she just
0: there's still an unwillingness yeah there's still this an anger and i think people don't see i think they look at people with anorexia or bulimia as like weak-willed sad girl exactly. there's like there's like a total strength of like rejecting oh, yeah the rules that have been set on and and in and, and saying like i am unwilling to play by this i'm going to like die if i have to right um and i think i don't know i think it's uh
1: there's kind of like a um like when we eventually talk about future plans for our for like releases under this project we have a specific um a specific person that we want to make a a sectioned release about and yeah she she really embodies this
0: yeah because i mean i i would define her probably as an an illness faker she's definitely an eating disorder so that's obviously not faking but for the most part i mean we'll get it into more details maybe we'll bring it up at the end of this segment
1: i'd like to yeah yeah
0: we should um because it's just a lot to talk about with her but I guess, but you're right in the sense that she's like the ultimate unwillingness to Mm -hmm. conform to the standards of being a human being and being alive. Yeah. And in fact, just to spoiler alert, this real person who we're not giving the name of, that we followed on social media, in fact, chose to die. And it wasn't a traditional suicide, it was billed as, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm critically ill, and I'm yeah. not going. I'm purposely am stopping all life-saving medicines and procedures to allow mm. myself to die. Although she was, it wasn't some kind of like end-of-life treatment where they give you like medicine to die. So it wasn't that either. It was.
1: I'm going to starve myself um, by.
0: Basically, we yeah. we can only infer that this person essentially, because they were tube-fed for the most part, starved themselves slowly. Um, we but, can
1: infer that because her posts said that you That's, know she's she was like, having issues with she's like i i completely like i'm having hard time with my tube today, di- like all week and so that means for me like i'm i'm not having any any kind of like food or really water so. yeah
0: i think um
1: i think another thing we
0: haven't been able to talk about that was like we talked there's like this nasogastric oops sorry there's the nasogastric feeding tube thing and then there's kind of like the colostomy bag stuff but then there's also people that have i believe it's called a J tube oh, where yeah. they don't shit out of it and it's not a tube that goes into your you know just really basic goes down your nose into your stomach it's a feeding tube it's a feeding tube
1: that that you don't have to eat or ingest anything and it's i think it's it's better it's a it's a better um i guess like uh, more reliable source for food rather than like an uh, nasogastric, and it's probably more comfortable. Well, it's, the implication so it, it's with this tube is that it's permanent. Yeah, that,
0: because the, I'm assuming is a gastric and again, we're not healthcare professionals at all, and we totally respect those people. But I'm assuming that can only be done for so long, w- until they have to give you. If, if if this is how it is, and it's either, you know, I know in one documentary I've seen of somebody who had an eating disorder, they had a J tube, but I think for the most part, you get a J tube when. You have stomach problems to where you can't actually eat. You know, there's people that have dis- disabilities where they cannot swallow or they're paralyzed or right. there's something wrong and they ha- need to be fed through directly to their stomach, essentially, or I think that's what it is. Yeah. And um, again, and this, <laughs> there's people online yeah. that, from what we can say, see, and it's not all people, we're never broad generalizers of people but a certain type of illness faker that is going to doctors and claiming that they they're, have gastroparesis and their stomach can't move. And keep in mind, generally, these aren't people that are in the world of I'm getting, I have Crohn's and I have to get my lower intestine out. Generally, what you see is similar to the way the nasogastric feeding tube was a sign of how serious they are. These people a lot of times don't have an eating disorder. They're just they're an illness taker they like the let's broadly say well, they like the attention
1: i'm going to say like the name of the the disorder that they all kind of claim to have is is eds right elner's danlos syndrome
0: and and also by us saying this we're not saying that people don't actually have that or that they can't have that or that they there's people that don't truly suffer from that. We are not saying that at all. We're talking about people that most likely are faking these things and making people that actually have health issues have a harder time.
1: Yeah, and I'd love to like actually understand it better than I do now.
0: Uh, because what's sad is there's certain signifiers of people in their profiles will claim to have certain things, and the,
1: the, the, what uh, is the you know the most basic known thing about eds is that it is like a rare genetic disorder Mm -hmm. yet yet there's you know people are coming out of the woodwork like with self-diagnosis of these things it's
0: kind of like people who say they have chronic lyme or fibromyalgia where it's kind of a term now that all those those things can be real and people can actually suffer from them are kind of signifiers of this might be somebody illness faking and similar now pots and eds are signs that someone could be illness faking especially when you see that as a part of their only identity plus behaviors such as drug seeking behaviors Mm -hmm. um and behaviors that Mm -hmm. like again for these for a certain kind of person online having the j-tube is a signifier of how serious their illness is they have something that isn't invisible they have a tube this is proof that there's something wrong with them
1: visible illness so you know any kind of thing that can verify like validate that Invisible illness is is their goal, essentially. Right, and people don't... That can also be, like, mobility aids, too. Right, and And there's there's
0: people, there's really amazing, you know, people that are disabled, that are advocates, that uh, have made posts or talked online about how upsetting it is to them, for them to see people use things, like, that are, you know, mobility aids as a way to, because they're clearly illness-faking, as a way to try to seem like... There's something wrong when there isn't. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a cane or a wheelchair that they literally admit they don't need to use, you know? Like, because there are people that say, I don't need to use a wheelchair, I just want...
1: They don't even have to admit it because they... They can walk, Eric, right? You know.
0: Right, um, but that's its own can of worms, and I, I don't think we want there's like a I don't I don't want to get too no, deep neither. in the drama <laughs> because, again, and we're gonna say is there it- are people that ha- are that have these issues <laughs> that have invisible illnesses that have issues that are very serious, and nobody's claiming those people are not you know, they're dealing with very real serious things. What we're talking about is people that are you know, using the system to indulge their for lack of a better term, ego and beyond. Identity. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I would like like, I mean, eventually eventually like the um like a future release that we'd like to do with this project will be about Eds and Pots and people with J tubes. So
0: And I think this person, you know, we need to keep going through the release, but uh <laughs> this person that we are doing that we want to do this LP about that that you know we won't give their name obviously but when they they you know they essentially committed suicide um it seems like you know it was done as a way of saying like fuck you you didn't believe me you know
1: yeah there's like even a a meme that i've found that these people have, like that many people have posted that are it's like a it's like an image of a tombstone And on the tombstone, it says, I told you I was sick. Mm -hmm. And it's like such this kind of, you know, fantasy of
0: getting to see your death, getting to see
1: people's reactions and feeling sorry that they never believed you. Mm -hmm. And again, like that's kind of like going back to the lyrics. That's partially like what that's about. Like you will be sorry that you didn't like believe me that you didn't make the most out of my life my victimhood and like treat me as such because that was all you could have done for me at the time and Mm by not by not like by not just playing along with it you essentially are like making their life like meaningless and worthless and like it's a waste of time you know like you're wasting my time you know that's the attitude
0: yeah it's crazy um, okay, so here's the final track on Nasogastric Feeding Tube. It's called Otis Tool Speaking About Pyromania as Metaphor for Anorexia. Otis whom the law has judged same of mind. He is currently serving the prison term over 300 years at Stark
2: Penitentiary in Florida. He granted us an interview. he really to uh, six or five. One
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is kind of like the this is the last track, and this is a weird one. You know, the the title's purposely long, but basically there was a sample I really loved of uh, you know serial killer or killer Otis Tool, um, uh talking about his he Otis Toole loved pyromania. He was was an obsessive, you know, epic pyromaniac and he's talking to some interviewers really trying to shock them by talking about the sexual nature of pyromania mm-hmm. and uh otis tool by the way um was one of the people that they think or or you know law enforcement think killed um adam walsh uh, america's most wanted son uh uh and they think you know that he cut his head off um but as a side note, as a pop culture side note, that um, although there, there's no, one, I don't know, you know, he was essentially there. Um, that seems like most likely he did it, um, but it's well known that Otis Tool and uh, what's the guy's name? The guy who got, who was in the Georgetown prison. Um,
1: oh yeah.
0: A uh, Henry Lee Lucas, um, you know, it's well known that they. Confessed to many murders they didn't do, Um, but the law enforcement are pretty sure that Tool uh, did kill Adam Walsh. Um, But anyway, I think for me, there's some I love strange non connections. You know, Otis Tool speaking about pyromania as metaphor for anorexia, like something that seems completely disconnected. And kind of like a, a Rorschach or like inkblot test, asking the listener to find the connections in them, whether it's Tool's own obsessive nature in terms of how he loved to start fires and, and you know, his own desire to burn things down. And, you know, you can see the obvious connections with control and etc. Uh, and a kind of passive control of like lighting a fire and walking away and watching it. Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, almost like a magic trick asking somebody else who loves noise to make those little strange long form connections, I guess as simple as that. So if we move on to our second release and, uh, intimacy after colon and rectum removal, similarly, there's only five tracks on this one. Um, this first track is called Barbie Butt Proctectomy
2: My name is Maggie I have Crohn's disease which essentially means my body doesn't recognize my intestines and so it attacks it like it was a foreign body This has led me to have another surgeries and unfortunately the most damaged part of my GI tract was my colon, rectum, and anus. I had a diversion surgery called ileostomy surgery, a little of years. Ago,
0: and basically, that meant that I only used- so. Um, that was Barbie Butt now. Um, really, is like reflection of the first tape. This opens with another simplistic or, or minimal, I guess would be the better word, reverb laden synth line with uh, forefront of a sample of a woman talking about her uh, what her issues for lack of a better term and what this this kind of the way i think and the thing that was important for me the way this person was speaking in the youtube channel this person runs is highly advertised at least in the, the realm of medical um you know youtubers uh you know or health youtubers youtubers with with disability and illness the way that this person's video runs is highly kind of media savvy Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing this person knows how to communicate but the point is is that what they're communicating is number one just like we want to communicate with our audience you know I'm sure every person listening to it was like what what's the deal with all this colon stuff so similarly we were trying to communicate with the audience using her as a mouthpiece this is what uh, Crohn's disease and this is what having issues with your large intestines or having them um, – un- for her, at first she said she didn't use her large intestine for 10 years. Yeah, her um, – she showed me a picture. And we're confirming which uh, uh, influencer, I guess for lack of a better term, was. Um, and she's saying I didn't use these things, so I finally got uh, – it removed and then finally got a proctectomy. And I think the thing with this release that we're trying to get across isn't this person's faking and this person isn't rather at what point is your whole life um, about. And in some cases it's not a good or a bad thing and it's a sad thing and it's also a thing where your whole life is a reflection or your brand is a reflection of pieces of your body cut out. And though I think what's interesting, at least about this track is the way the person is speaking is closer to somebody like Martha Stewart, where they're trying to communicate in the correct way so that their audience and the brand understand exactly what they're talking about. But what's interesting is that we she has to know just like we know that aside from people that maybe there are people that have cancer that truly are getting these surgeries because they will die if they don't get them or there are people that do have really serious colitis that their body is attacking itself but she also has to be aware of and know based on her own social media connections that there are people that are lying about what's actually happening with their body that are seeking out these treatments because either they are half interested in being given opiates because the obsession with opiates is just huge. I wish we could scan like a digital, our digital booklet maybe we can to let people see how much there is. That's like a huge part of it, at least with some of the influencers. And the other part of it is people that want to be a part of a really specific um subculture uh brand uh world of uh, social media influencers and then people that want to that are interested and their identity is wrapped around removing these pieces of their body which these surgeries are some of the most painful surgeries you can ever have and so i guarantee if somebody was in this room with me they'd be like rusty amelia what are you talking about nobody would ever be you know just want to get these surgeries but You know, there are, let's say, here's a good example of like people that identify with being amputees and they want to get amputee surgeries completely optionally. They don't, their limbs are fine. Doctors refuse to get them for them. So there's a, there's a great example of a guy who drove outside the ER, put his, you know right leg in a giant trash can full of ice and his leg died and they had to cut his leg off because he destroyed his leg and he wanted to be an amputee. Right. And so someone's saying, "Oh my god, that's horribly painful. Would someone really do that?" Yes, they would. Yeah. Um but I think with this it's more complicated because there are people that actually have these kind of issues. There are people where maybe they have some problem with their stomach, but it's not as bad as they're making it out to be and in fact because of the 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 either the access to drugs or yeah. the way it makes them feel or the connections they feel or the identity it, it also gives them a really specific identity kind of uh they they know who they are for lack of a better term if,
1: i think it feels really really good and powerful to get this diagnosis yeah and
0: it's like getting the diagnosis of okay they're agreeing they're not just going to give you you know
1: it goes from the, the goal being the diagnosis to then the surgery which affirms that diagnosis
0: right where it's like you you know are getting rid of your colon and then finally you are getting rid of your rectum. And it's like the, the, specifically the rectum thing, the way they treat it is like you're a number one motherfucker. like you did it. you are like us. We are like it's like the, the mafia or something. Like we're yeah. a part of this club.
1: It's also like so obsessed with how, th- th- like these feelings, like within themselves, like any kind of pain, mm-hmm. is so like heightened to this level that they're like, "Why?" Like a lot of them ask themselves, "Like, I've had this surgery, why am I still in pain?" Right. And they, you know, they go the the. The girl that is in this sample, uh, her whole account of her surgeries is just this kind of.
0: Like going back to the well kind of thing? Like, or.
1: She's just. She's so, like, surprised in a lot of ways that.
0: The, how serious the pain is? Yeah. And I mean, because you How cause it you're... could
1: be worse. Because, like. It, of course it, it's going it, to be yeah, worse. Of course you're, it is.
0: You're destroying your body. But I that's mean, that's the thing. These and... people
1: are doing these things also, like, on a. On just like a level of like believing that you have something, believing that if you get the surgery, the pain will go away. Mm-hmm. But you're cutting this like major organ Leaving out of your body. Thing
0: out of your body, yeah. Like your body system. is
1: going to just completely and that's the thing there that. are people
0: that have cancer bowel cancer colon cancer that they have to do this or they fucking die right. there are people that have serious colitis or Crohn's that they have to do it and those people have no choice you know what we're saying is, it's not completely obvious which is the mix of people that are doing this as an optional way, and sometimes there's overlaps, and none of those people we're not. And notice we're not saying these are bad, horrible people, or these people deserve to be, you know, shamed or anything. Really, we're just trying to talk about things we see in our world, and and how they're right in front of our face, and we're interested in how, you know, I guess it's like a cliche about how human beings interact with ourselves and each other and how identity is formed you know and those are really interesting things to me you know um so here's the second track it's called wound care <laughs>
2: deep it was and I only got in about a centimeter so that's pretty good he said it looked like the muscle had healed um you know deeper in the wound so I'm happy with that I'm happy to keep going doing my wound care it's kind of weird this is maybe a nursing thing I love wound care I love ostomy care but I think wound care is like pretty high up on my enjoyment list in nursing
0: okay so for that track um You know, most of it, the three quarters of it is uh, a drum sample with my vocals. Um, Lyrically, I talk about, I use like uh, part of the, of what the sample is based on at the end, which is this, the same influencer talking about how her, barbie butt surgery is healing in like slowly and i think not healing (laughs) not healing and i think what's great and and very telling is the way she says you know i love wound care wound care and ostomy care she's
1: taken on like the as like an interest of her one of her like main interests in life is like this like being her own nurse
0: right and and the idea that there's nothing wrong with being like being a nurse and being like super well trained and aware and of how wounds heal. And you know, that it's not gross, you know, to the layman, Oh my God, blood and wounds are gross. But I guess it's the idea of the way that she, this woman speaks about it is again, to me another kind of tick mark in the list of things that make you wonder about how they feel about their identity being wrapped up in these pieces of them being cut apart and and sewn back, you know, together. And the fact, the idea of someone being like, this is very, you know, Cronenberg-esque, right? The body horror-esque, right? Like it's like, you know, uh, what's the best Cronenberg movie about the, the brothers? Uh, we'll see. We'll just edit this out. Um, dead ringers. It's it's very like cronenberg Dead ringers, um, the human body as a kind of maze and a reflection of the human psyche, right? Yeah. And the opening up the human body and obsessing over wounds and the
1: the kind of
0: details
1: yeah and also like the kind of um dependence that someone has so there's kind of like a um there's kind of like a s and m like or like
0: self s and m yeah with you know the well at least in her case with her own Watching her own wounds slowly heal, or she was having complications, or so it's like the mind can kind of race and think about, oh my god, is this person. Or other people like this, you know, getting these horrible wounds and then obsessing over them, and as a reflection of like who they, how they see their body as this constantly harmed thing that needs to be pulled apart and pushed back together, and how it's almost like if there's a labyrinth in their brain, is this the way that they're like trying to, you know, find the exit to their labyrinth? Like you said, like yeah. I will be healed. I will. I will be the, my the labyrinth, the kind of math problem that is my body will be solved when all the wounds are healed, right? And they're, yeah. like, their own kind of...
1: Well, uh, in many ways, they they are, like... Since they're doing this, like, to themselves, it is, like, you're actually, like, deepening that maze, like, making it more and more impossible.
0: Right. I mean, again, we're talking about Cronenberg, but, like, J.G. Ballard crash or whatever when we talk about the modern world and technology and identity through capitalism and through uh kind of reflected back so this person finds answers and comfort in their own body falling apart and them choosing to tear it apart now I don't, I'm, we're not even saying that this person doesn't have health issues, right? I don't know. I don't know the layers and and the length, but no matter what we can talk about without making like really broad, like this person's bad, this person's good generalization saying the obsession with the, with how these wounds heal, with how deep she gets, you know, figuratively in the realm of the the damage done is really interesting you know yeah. and the way that she packages again again and sells it on a youtube video and makes literal ad money is amazing do you know what i mean like it's crazy yeah and it's again it's more mind-blowing not in some kind of moralistic this is evil although you know there's something to be said about the inner workings of like hi- hyper capitalism or what you know th- through this specific case um. Okay. The third track is called Stoma Obstruction, Watery Output.
2: Hi, guys. So, I'm doing this quick video because I am experiencing my first blockage. <laughs> it's really, really painful. Uh, I worked last night. I'm supposed to work tonight. I called out around noon I woke up to just I thought I was dreaming just like severe pain and when I actually woke up I realized it was my stomach
0: okay so that was stone obstruction and this is you know a sample with some (coughs) minimalistic uh, noise stuff but um I this one is if if you guys don't can't tell essentially this person is describing how they are irrigating which i believe you know someone who's in the field could you know say you, you totally got it wrong but um, apologies if i do she's irrigating the food that's in her stomach i think um like she's taking just, it out she's, she's using water to spray it out um
1: she's talking about a blockage
0: Right, she's claiming that there's a blockage in her. What's well,
1: that's actually, I think, like what I've heard a couple people say when they have stomas.
0: Right, a blockage, also known as a, known as a bowel obstruction, leads to the output from your stoma slowing down or even stopping completely. Uh, can Blockages can occur either in the small or large bowel. Um, how do you get rid of a stoma blockage? Try different body positions, massage the abdominal area. Um, so, you know, uh, again, I guess this is a kind of our, own, you know, the real life body horror thing again, with a person making, number one, a video to uh, uh, sensibly share to the community. The pain of having this happen to you and then the the way that the it's kind of interesting it's in this one the way she's speaking um, isn't the very kind of media trained I know how to communicate what I want to communicate about this specific subject this is a I'm a human who's in a lot of pain and this is really bad and i i think what's interesting is the way that we uh in terms of the people that understand how social media works um you know you can have posts that are ads you can have posts that are organized and highly pre-planned and edited and then you can have essentially real life posts that are you know dirty and messy and it's just me being me. But no matter what, with the way that the internet is, <laughs> is, um, it's just that isn't any more real. Even if what she's going through is horribly painful, and it probably is, um, the choice, uh, again, I would say the choice to put it online is interesting. It's not a negative thing, but I think what's interesting is generally if there was this person was in front of me they'd say like i had this horribly uncomfortable terrible disgusting thing happen to me and i want other people to be able to talk about it and see it and that's why i'm sharing it um i think what this it's less of a critique and more of a kind of conversation about the way sometimes the absurdity of all of this being on kind of cataloged and put ads like the idea of like ads coming on around this long video of a person screaming in pain while they describe watery output of their stoma which is like such a specific thing and the idea that I'm getting targeted ads about you know model planing glue while I watch somebody talk about their stoma output while well, I don't actually have any kind of stomach problems or what if there are people that are interested in people with stomach problems people that kids with eating disorders who are interested in, it's almost like there are certain people that have that are maybe they're going to become illness fakers or people that are going to be malingerers or have Munchausen's mm-hmm. and they're, they're almost shopping for a researching, researching, yeah, the kind of style that or um, group that they're going to be a part of, mm-hmm. and what's interesting is that's the way the internet shopping and social media is organized. It's all about these algorithmic things of this things are grouped together in an easily searchable way. So it's like the the thinking woman or thinking man's way of choosing the, um, the extreme body, um, modded, not modded extreme, you know, health issue, the the deciding which group you're a part of and, whether it doesn't even matter because it's a system whether that person who's making that one video really is just, I just want to share my story so other people won't feel alone. Maybe that's not even true by the way. Maybe they're doing it for their own reasons that are beyond that or not about that. But no matter what, even if they are doing it for those reasons, the way that the system works with, with this kind of algorithmic design, is going to put it in a box that is used in a very weird way for lack of a better term you know what i mean yeah and i think that's why hearing somebody record that like when i think about say and everybody's different when i think about i had to get my gallbladder removed if i think about like making you film me while i ride in pain now I could also see somebody saying, "No, you could share your story of your gallbladder. You, you know, I just like I've shared my story a million times of my addiction. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think there's multiple layers because even when I share my story of addiction, you know, there's there's ego reasons or there's there's positive reasons. It, it's the point I guess that we're trying to make is that there's so many layers to it. Yeah, and they're all sure. interesting layers, you know. Yeah." Okay, here's um, the next song, PSAP.
2: And externally, then I had the surgery to remove everything. Obviously, there's an incision there where everything has to heal, and I couldn't even sit for a couple of months after that surgery. I couldn't use tampons whatsoever. Ain't nothing going up there. I'll tell you that nothing, nothing was going around that area. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you guys. It took a couple of months before I was brave enough to try having penetrative sex. Anything that would go in that area would stretch out my vaginal opening.
0: Okay, so that was. Penetrative sex after proctectomy. Um. Again, a uh, traditional vocal track that ends in a sample. Um, you know, I think there's kind of multiple layers. Number one, it's the sample at the end is the influencer talking about her issues with having sex with her partner after um, getting a her full proctectomy and you know yeah. her rectum removed. Um, so which is total brutal horrible surgery and of course probably sex isn't going to happen for a long time or has to be changed up I think um there's with with this part it's simply revealing the kind of mix of dealing with these I don't know I think yeah consequences and also uh I guess uh I guess taking these things that seem to be completely unrelated or, or to some people are totally disgusting. The idea of like surgery and a surgery that won't heal for years for whatever reason, and trying to mix that with love and intimacy and a woman describing how intimacy seems to be impossible, um, which is, heartbreaking and then again the layer of that being shared through social media i think that the booklet is also important because we use this one influencer for the sound sections of this because a lot of the other influencers barely talk or if they do talk they either don't talk on instagram the other kind of ostomy influencers most of what they share are pictures and like memes and stuff Mm -hmm. again like in, interesting memes like don't talk about how beautiful you know don't talk about how skinny we are because we're sick which is the the strange overlap of eating disorder memeing and language pro a language where it's like yeah i'm skinny but it's it's not my choice i don't want to be skinny but also then a uh, um you know a selfie of a girl looking like you know pretty or whatever trying to, the point is she feels like she looks pretty Um, and then that juxtaposed with, I guess, gore porn in terms of the, the ostomy world on Instagram. So, um, I think there's a lot of use of this one influencer just because she talks so much and her, her stuff is really varied and interesting. And I think that's one of them, again, going back to the idea that it isn't really about a specific judgment, um, but rather, just the truth of of what is being said, and th- the way that Gore, surgery, pain is meshed with in- the idea of intimacy, or I'm giving, or you know, the very uh modern idea of sex advice, right? Which is a very kind of on brand uh thing of. 'm you know I'm gonna be your sex advice coach uh you know another kind of way of uh, money making for lack of a better term but mixed with this super specific ostomy thing which again algorithmically puts this person at an advantage right I'm not just giving sex advice I'm giving sex advice to people that have removed their rectum which feels like so surreal to me do you have anything you want to add?
1: Um, just kind of maybe an aspect of um, the trade mm-hmm. of kind of like a normal, functioning, healthy existence with this, like, pseudo-self-love yes yes and care for Mm -hmm. yourself that that actually takes like over um just the idea of being interested in anything other than than your own body and this you know and
0: self-love again is like that is resold and packaged you know through like social media sales wise you know like I'm giving you advice about myself and self love and how you should love yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like. Um, it, it feels complicated, I guess, for me. Yeah. Or un, or unreal or untrue or. Um, that. It's. A method of mixing. Your own literal physical pain and mental pain through the lens of figuring out how to brand yourself and make money through ads and I think all those things I don't know if they're necessarily like super positive you know yeah (laughs) okay so here's the last one colectomy fetish
2: having a total colectomy and my rectum also removed in this surgery, as well as having my anal canal closed up. Yes, I know that is very unusual, and the most unusual part about my surgery is that no, I am not having an end ileostomy placed during the surgery because I already have one. So I think it's important that we rewind and we talk a little bit about the different things that they can do in proctocolectomy surgeries cuz there are a few different options for people in this position.
0: Okay, so that was colectomy fetish. I mean, I would say the the sample for this is just the ultimate wrap up of a person giving Very well communicated advice as to what these various surgeries are, and I think that there's the first time someone may hear it, they just think this is a very smart person talking about your options, and then when you hopefully have listened to the album and gone through the booklet, there's another layer of almost like a a person. Giving advice in a kind of fetishistic way of just like we talked about before, if a person is searching for an identity or a group to be a part of, that this person is almost like the the dealer or what you know what I mean for lack of a better term. I think uh, I and again and I don't say that implying that the person the influencer is some insidious evil person who knows exactly what they're doing, but I think that that just like there are people that are watching those videos because they need to understand i think the person creating the video knows that there are also people that are illness fakers that are watching these things because they are fetishistically wanting to recreate what could happen in their mind like fantasizing about these these different um, surgeries that could happen and the way that they could remove parts of their body and like i think that mixed with social media the the entire system is in the ease in which all of these terms and specific medical procedures are all laid out
1: they're options yeah that you can select from
0: and it's like i don't want to sound like cliche or like some like cheesy grad student whatever that means but like when you think about Cronenberg or Ballard or all these people that were talking about the mix of technology and the human body it's right there it all came true you know what i mean the way that the human body is like fetishized and pulled apart and then sold through a kind of simulation is, in, it's, it's, it's not what if it is, you know what I mean? And that there are people that have these surgeries that need for them to happen. And there are people that want the surgeries to happen and they want them for different reasons, or they want them because they want to be amputees or they want them because they want to have these things removed or they're addicted to opiates, or they just want to be a part of something, or that it gives them something to find an answer in. All these things exist at the same time and they're all scary. And there's probably someone fucking jacking off to it too you know
1: yeah
0: (laughs) um so i okay thank you for staying with it we're we're gonna keep talking about plans for the future you know these are the two tapes that we did and i don't even you know again i think the tapes are very specific um it's not like we're huge people that a a lot of people love listening to our stuff but when we do get feedback you know i like i always say this is probably like a it's a newer project that isn't as you know success not as i guess popular as something like interior one that deals with true crime which is just popular for many reasons you know we got to do an interior one episode um but um i think you know the point obviously of noise of industrial of breathing problem productions and all our projects isn't doesn't have anything to do with, like, the most popular project, right? I I think this is why for season two of this podcast we wanted to talk about a project that's maybe, like, a little lesser talked about, for lack of a better term, you know? But I, I feel like what's interesting is a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here, you know, in terms of the ostomy stuff, Amelia discovered all this stuff. Like, you go on Instagram and you're always doing research for lack of a better term or you're like watching the way that all these groups work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, did how do you know how how did you discover this stuff? Was it like just the like discover?
1: Um that's a good question. I actually really don't remember the beginning of of that. That whole well, like era specifically,
0: of like, but there's something yeah. that, that I mean, You've always kind of shown me in different, sp- you know, I'll be the the person that's talking in broad strokes, but Amelia will be the person that finds all the different, you know... Uh,
1: the spectrum of...
0: Of different yeah. um, Instagram influencers that are either... Okay, so it's like, we talked a lot about the osmi stuff where we talked about, like, eating disorder, you know, f- feeding tube stuff, but then there's... People like we we mentioned this before that um, are interested in um, the like getting you know they claim that they have gastroparesis and their stomach doesn't move so they need a um, J like a J tube so they can get fed and you know you'll see certain people that finally get a tube and they're very excited and they're. Literally doing lives where people are asking, and these aren't huge, giant lives with you know thousands of people or even hundreds. It's like twenty people, yeah. And someone might be asking how they got their doctor to agree to this, or how they got their doctor to agree to to, to how you know what the law yeah. did, like um or
1: yeah, it's interesting because there'll be people who are totally open to giving that advice because it makes them feel. Like they're this kind of they're a gatekeeper of of knowledge. Of knowledge, yeah. And And then there's other people who are like I don't want to share. Yeah, they do not want to share because they feel it it is a gatekeeping thing. That they feel like they're they're the only ones that deserve to have this and they you know, everyone's a, a faker and they're not
0: they're not right I think that's a big thing too like okay right now there are people that are on the more extreme thing where they have these tubes and they're giving out really bad advice on how to fake certain things to get certain things or there's people that on like a lower level are you know right now there's a bunch of articles that came out about the way that Tourette's is what is deemed like a like a sociogenic mass illness Mm -hmm. where they're basically saying all these kids in high schools mostly girls are claiming to have Tourette's which by the way mostly men have Tourette's generally actually um are claiming to have Tourette's that just appear out of nowhere when they're teenagers and it all
1: happened after like post-pandemic and, and it's like that, that's actually like a contributing factor of, of why these people have like suddenly had this outbreak of, of ticks. And, and what's
0: interesting is generally all these people admit that they look at social media and they generally they even admit that they watch this huge Tourette's TikToker slash Instagrammer. Uh, who we won't give the name of because um, I just don't think we should give out names but you could probably you probably already know who they are. It's like gone to a level that isn't even related to our little niche of being interested in people that are Munchausen's or illness faker people where um, this person is hugely hugely popular and they claim they have not just Tourette's but other
1: well they have a hi- a whole history of different things that they've claimed that they've had. had and it started you know when they were a teenager
0: and they claimed they had selective mutism um
1: many different it's countless really yeah like, we couldn't
0: even name them yeah. all but but what's interesting is this person now
1: has millions of, of followers, followers and
0: their followers if you click on like some of the most commented ones all claim to have Tourette's now. And she will follow a lot of these people too, which to me is like a feedback loop of saying, oh, that's okay.
1: Well, it's it's all under the guise of support awareness.
0: And support.
1: Yes, and support. We're creating this community where everyone can There's feel no accepted. Right. And no one's judged because the whole world doesn't understand us and we at least get to be little sisters. of this. I mean, that that is across the board, how all of these things and like how all these things work. And that's why like I ended up kind of having a focus on, on Tourette's the, and she, these accounts. Cause it's like, they're not all that different from the people who are, I was looking at before, which all had these, uh, they all
0: claim to have pots or. Eds, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they and all had, you know, claim they needed J tubes, had gastroparesis, but instead it's like a lower level of, of well, I have Tourette's. Yeah, that,
1: that's something super interesting to me because obviously all the stuff that we're talking about in these in the last two like releases, these are things that have consequences, physical consequences, as a result of of taking on the identity of and having this illness. What? Right. And and uh, f- you know faking Tourette's is isn't going to It's not as
0: much of a like de- dedication of, you know, having to go through surgeries and and that's what's interesting is like um also just like there're people that clearly have Tourette's and and it's a huge deal and there are people and these to me these people are very clearly, you know, again throwing their, themselves in the game in a very awful way and um Anyway, what's it's just amazing to see, the, you know, the larger pop culture writing s, you know, like like you know, I don't know if they're medical essays, but they're articles, uh, articles like, yeah, yeah. and journals uh, about these things that are happening 100, percent and it's it's nothing that be, is being made up, and you know the articles are generally trying to be like nice and say, well, they don't have Tourette's, but they have some kind of like. You know, stress disorder, they so they're ticking
1: F and D, or there's like a couple different. I mean, things they're basically they tr- to say
0: right because you know it's it's and this is probably a good thing, I guess. You know, to say like, well, we're not just going to outright say this person's an illness faker because you know we can't prove that, but they do not have Tourette's and these these ticks are something else. And what's interesting is this social media influencer. As the more and more articles come out, I think they tried to ignore it at first. But now that more people are even directly saying their name out loud and writing their name, it's upsetting them greatly because, you know, they feel found out. But at the same time, it's not affecting their bottom line from what I can tell. They still have tons of followers. It actually,
1: I think, really does validate their sense of victimhood, which they already— That nobody
0: believes them and everyone is after them.
1: Yes. So actually, it's like super weird in that way That's like you cannot stop this person from doing this, like there's no amount of like awareness that you calling them out or something
0: and 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 i and i think what's amazing is like you know there's kids that are you know live in the uk and they're like we get you know special privileges we can you know we have tourettes and so everyone at the school has to like treat us a different you know there's it's really interesting and then on okay on another note on like another kind of pop culture illness faker note this isn't a faker you We'll say a name. Eugenie Cooney is a well-known YouTuber and influencer who has clearly – she's admitted she has an eating disorder. She doesn't say she has one right now, but she has in the past. She is uh, – if, if you don't know who this person is or you want to Google them, you know they have uh, very serious anorexia most likely, and their, their mom essentially uh, supports their eating disorder, has no issue with it, doesn't want them to be helped. Um, and this girl eugenia was big on youtube but now she's a twitch streamer she'll sit on twitch for like you know six to eight hours a day
1: without drinking water going to the bathroom (laughs) yeah
0: and just we'll play video games and then we'll do weird kind of this might sound like a conspiracy theory but i don't think it is like we'll (laughs) essentially do kind of fetishistic stuff because people some people watch her either there's people that watch her that hate watch her people that watch her that are pro Anna girls that you know love Eugenia there are also fetishists that watch her that's just the truth you know people talk to the people that are her audience um also Eugenia will post things like blue butterflies all the time and the blue butterfly this isn't some again some conspiracy like it's a symbol for uh, uh," but the blue butterfly is a pro Anna symbol yes. i think there's like a forum that's named blue butterfly or something like that or was if you go
1: to any of of eugenia's followers who are clearly pro-another it'll it be in too. their in their in their username
0: right so it's it's just it, used it's not just some conspiracy thing and she uses it so you know no surprise someone who's anorexic is just like we talked about at the very beginning there's an aggressiveness and a defiance you know and it's, it's really interesting to follow her, although I'm sure we'll never do any kind of like release about her. I think that's
1: a little too on the nose. I think I would love to do maybe something about um Anorexia by proxy. Um which
0: that, yeah, no, totally.
1: Eugenia and her mother
0: right. have that have that kind of relationship.
1: Very textbook kind of thing. And um that's like a whole Cool thing to thing. open up
0: and then like as a kind of winding down of this episode we talked about how we wanted to do we want to do an lp basically that's like a sectioned lp a true full length um, about this person who was an illness faker and actually basically committed suicide but said th- this wasn't again assisted suicide they said that they were ch- choosing purposely to not take their medicines or any kind of life-saving devices or you know whatever they needed, and they were choosing to die. And from what we could understand based on their posts, they essentially had they had a J tube, which is a feeding tube. Again, they were essentially only taking the most basic um, things. And for I, I'm we will never know for sure, but what we can tell is it seemed like they essentially uh, starved to death slowly um and uh this person made some youtube videos and social media posts that pretty much directly said that um our dog is being crazy um social media posts that pretty much said they were sick of their this was a woman she had a girlfriend you know that people were claiming that she was illness faking or she was exacerbating symptoms in order to get attention and that that was it she said you know other people in my family had tried to call me out and say that i was faking things and that was it i told them well you know what you think i'm a faker then i'm going to die i'm going to let myself die which is the ultimate you know again there's a kind of crossover with eating disorders and and illness faking Munchausen's behavior mm. where this person in videos is literally saying you called me out well guess what now you're going to feel bad for me and i'm going to die and in that's yeah. i've never seen that before where someone is, yeah someone is actually saying i'm refusing all of my medicines but their medicines were were always they didn't know what they had and their medicines were essentially just them saying they had gastroenteritis and invisible illnesses so there wasn't some like regular medicine they had to take aside from eating yeah so this isn't again someone that got an an kind of injection or you know, assisted suicide. This is somebody that starved themselves to death slowly and slowly. You know, s- posted. And they
1: ritualized the entire thing.
0: They said they wanted a death dulo. You know, they
1: went to a hospice for. A, and a, they
0: didn't die in the hospice. Yes, they, and they, were, they. I think they, they, kicked they were kicked out. out. They were yeah. kicked out of the hospice, I believe, because they probably. And again, we can only infer that the people in the hospice probably realized this person was faking, and they did not have any kind of. Well,
1: so they didn't need to. They they could choose this option. Of, of life and right. it, it was like we're not gonna like help you commit suicide right here.
0: exactly and then she finally died at home and, and I she
1: also uh, on a side note she had her own uh personal like wedding for herself kind right of and took wedding pictures yeah. mean
0: and again none of this isn't about um celebrating somebody dying or thinking it's some funny thing it's a shocking horrible sad thing and it isn't always as easy as and these are the bad people of the world and they should be called out. It's simply saying these things exist in the world. They're complicated, it's incredibly and, complicated. and they're hard and they affect everyone and it's worth talking about. So yeah. that's kind of what sectioned is really about. It isn't about sneering or laughing. It's about documenting things that are seen in the modern world that I don't think have really been seen before you know, and, and, and making art about it. And yeah. I think there's a lot of empathy is what I'm saying. And I, g- I know that gets used a lot, you know, power electronics, empathy, but I think it's all about trying to find, form connections and understand, you know, human behavior patterns. <laughs> um, well, I think that's it. We're going <laughs> to sign off, but uh, this is, we're going to try to release an episode a week if we can. Uh, i'm sure we'll we'll fall behind but um hey we'll see what happens and thanks for listening i'm rusty kelly
1: and i'm amelia mckay
0: this is the breathing problem productions podcast thank you thank
1: you